Meeting Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. You know, the Bible is full of moms. The Bible has good moms and bad moms and strong moms, weak moms, scandalous moms, moms of faith and courage. There's wicked moms. The Bible is filled with a bunch of different mothers in the biblical narrative. And actually, in fact, many of them are are nameless. They're nameless. Uh, many of these nameless ladies in our Bible, they, they just hold this mysterious place in sacred history. We don't know too much about them. We don't know their names. There's Cain's wife, Noah's wife, Micah's mom, Job's wife, Jeremiah's mom. We could just keep going, right? A bunch of nameless moms, nameless ladies in our Bibles. And we don't know why this is, you know? Um, It's just... uh, it's in God's hands what, what God wanted to reveal to us. Like in his wisdom, you know, some things aren't just available to us. Like we don't know why we don't get the names of Jesus's sisters, his, I guess, half-sisters, right? But what we do get are these two sisters from Bethany, Mary and Martha, and we, and we get their names and, and all of that. So, um you know, we just we just don't get all the information that we want sometimes. An English poet from the 1600s, his name's John Suckling, he once wrote, Like the Milky Way is the sky, a meeting of gentle lights without a name. These women in the Bible, uh, these, these moms, uh, they were real people. They, they had emotions and fears and strengths and weaknesses and They all had a distinct laugh. They had their own personality. And these nameless characters, indeed, uh, you know, in the Bible, they are like gentle lights without a name. Gentle lights without a name. Now, when we get into Bible study, when we read our Bibles, I, I think it's a very good thing when we try to identify with biblical characters. When we come across a a nameless one, though, um, I think that is a special opportunity to really embrace that nameless character's uh, works, like like to really embrace and remember what that person did. Now, somehow and sometimes, I actually think it's easier to identify with a person with no name, at least for us, um, a, a person who is nameless, uh, it's, it's somehow easier to identify with them. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, that, that, that could be the, the case sometimes. Well, in Luke chapter 4, uh, we see a nameless mother. And she is simply presented to us as Peter's mother-in-law. Simon Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. Simon Peter. Uh, and we have a, a nameless mom. Her, uh, Peter's mother-in-law. And so let me set the stage now for Luke chapter 4. We're in the city of uh, Capernaum, and this is pretty early in Jesus's ministry. And so we know that Jesus made uh, Capernaum his headquarters. He he didn't operate out of Nazareth. 
uh, he moved to uh, a bigger town on the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum. And uh, on this particular Sabbath day, Jesus is teaching at a local synagogue. The word synagogue is kind of like our word for church. Synagogue refers to the assembly, like, like the gathering, but it also refers to the place or the, the structure uh, where Jews would meet up for worship and prayer and Bible reading and, and teaching and, and things like that. So Jesus is it's a Sabbath day. Jesus is at a synagogue and he is teaching. And I believe that Jesus was the best teacher ever. And Jesus is teaching with authority. And the whole synagogue is just completely astonished and amazed with what they're hearing. On this one particular Sabbath day, uh, Jesus even uh, does an exorcism, okay? Like, like what a powerful morning. What a, what a powerful thing to experience. And so after synagogue, Jesus is a, he's, he's invited over to Simon Peter's house. And the location of Peter's house, according to tradition and archaeology, it's like 130 feet from, from the synagogue. So, like, Peter lives, like, right next to the church, right? So, uh, now, just two quick teaching points uh, to, uh, to get out there. First is our worship time, our worship life is important, both as individuals and as a, as a corporate. Worship life is important. The second point is this, our hospitality life. Our hospitality life is important. In Jesus' time and culture, uh, he lived in a hospitality-rich culture. And I was reading that it was actually, it was a great honor for the senior lady of the household, like the matriarch, to serve her guests. It's, 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 it is a big honor for her to serve her guests. But in our story, uh, we run into some conflict because we find out that, that Peter's mother-in-law is very sick. And so let's just assume she is the matriarch of the family here, and she, she cannot perform her duty. It is an honor to serve her guests, and she's missing out because she's very sick. She is a nameless character, simply known as Peter's mother-in-law. She's very sick, and she's suffering from a mega fever. This is a high-grade fever. A fever, of course, is our, our body's uh, defense mechanism. Like, like your body is fighting something off. Traditionally, uh, that's, that's why you, you get a, a fever, right? And high-grade fevers can be super scary. Like your temperature, uh, if it gets high enough, it can lead to seizures and brain damage and then eventually, eventually death. Um, I don't know if it's like 107, 109, anything above that. I mean, you're... Uh, you're, you're pretty much cooking, and uh, it's, it's not good news. Uh, so she has, she has a high fever, a mega fever going on here. Uh, she's very sick. She's confined by this illness. This fever has a hold on her, uh, and she is just completely taken over by this illness. Now, you are invited to identify with her condition, Okay. Can you, can you relate to the confinement? Something is exercising a constraining influence over her. And sometimes, yes, we do have physical, mental, emotional things in our life. 
that hold us down and hold us back. And I want to draw attention, not necessarily to the fear, but just about going through something that confines us. Like when an enemy besieges a city. Peter's mother-in-law. She is taken captive. No one likes being sick. But also, stepping into this first century world, when a person gets sick, like, like sickness causes people to have suspicion. Like they're suspicious of sin. Because like maybe God is bringing judgment or something like that. Or, or maybe sickness is related to demonic stronghold. Okay? And so uh, the people of, of the household, they ask Jesus for help. Jesus is an amazing teacher, but he's also this amazing healer. Uh, he did an exorcism at synagogue earlier. Maybe Jesus can help. Jesus is an amazing healer. And you know, when Jesus healed, he demonstrated the arrival of God's kingdom, God's rule over brokenness. Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. Jesus transformed hearts. But then his miracles revealed like, okay, well, this, this is what it actually looks like when the kingdom breaks in. Okay, you can think of miracles perhaps and healings as like tangible signposts. Like when Jesus heals and does things like exorcisms, this is what the world looks like when God rules the world. This is what we look forward to in the future when there's no more pain and death and sin, no more tears, right? Someday everything is going to be how it's supposed to be. And so a miracle, a healing, is when it's almost like what, what is supposed to be intervenes into what is right now. Author Len Sweet writes, Jesus is God's future in person. So the household is requesting Jesus' attention. All right? The household is, is uh, they're making sure they, they can definitely book Jesus' time here. And by the way, the way that Luke tells the story, Simon Peter isn't like an official disciple yet. That's actually the next chapter. That's chapter five. But certainly Jesus, he already knows Peter and, and he's interacting with Peter. I mean, he's, he's invited over and he stays at Peter's house. Okay. So it just kind of shows you like Jesus is building relationships before he, you know, he calls his disciples. And so, again, the, the household, they, they go to Jesus, they, they, requ they request for help, and there very much is like a sense of urgency here. And I was actually encouraged um, this past week looking at this, this text. I was encouraged and challenged uh, in my prayer life. This story had me thinking, when I talk to Jesus, when I make requests, do I have a sense of urgency in my prayers. So they go to Jesus. They're, they need Jesus's help. And so Jesus, he, he responds and he, he, he moves towards the, the sick mom and, and she's laying down and, and he bends over and, uh, or is like stands over her. 
And you know what he saw? He saw a very sick woman. You know, maybe she's sweating and shivering at the same time. Maybe she has a migraine, dehydration, weakness. Plus, when you're sick, you feel lonely. You feel trapped. You feel depressed and frustrating. Maybe she drank contaminated water or just maybe poor sanitation got the best of her. We don't know how she got sick or exactly like at what level is she at here? Is she like almost gone? Is she almost like dying and dead here? We we don't know. Uh, we know it was severe. She's super sick. It's looking grim. And you know, Luke, the gospel writer here, he's very brief. He's very dry, but, but he just tells it like, as it is, like, like Jesus stands over her and rebukes the sickness. Luke 4 by itself actually contains a bunch of rebukes by Jesus. Jesus rebukes Satan and demons and, and this fever. And there's other places in the Bible where Jesus rebukes people, even Peter. Jesus rebukes a storm, okay? Now, a rebuke is a ministerial device where we intentionally chop something down. Like, sure, we, we need a healthy understanding of, of tolerance, okay? And that's a lesson for another day. But uh, in our engagement with, with a person, with a situation, and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sometimes just a good old biblical rebuke is needed. And rebukes take place in different shapes and sizes. Context matters. The person you are rebuking matters. Proverbs 17.10 says, A quiet rebuke to a person of good sense does more than a whack on the head of a fool. Some rebukes are small, loving corrections. Other rebukes are like this big, serious chop down. Like, stop engaging what you are currently engaging in. Stop doing what you are doing. Now, a rebuke is to set somebody on a new and right path. Not to lead them into shame and guilt. A rebuke is to point someone to the good news. Okay? Now, in our story, Jesus rebukes are a little bit different uh, because it's Jesus, right? Jesus is rebuking an illness. He has that authority and power. Jesus rebukes this sickness and it leaves her. Fever, stop being a fever. Body, stop having a fever. Find homeostasis. Find the right temperature. Be healed. Okay? And you know what? It was immediate. This was an immediate healing. And actually, Luke, uh, several times in his gospel account, he likes to point out the immediacy of Jesus' miracles and healings. And so at once, the mom, she, she gets up, she rises up, up from the sick bed, she arose, and she begins to serve. She begins to serve. Now, traditionally, we think... Um, you know, we think through this and we fill in the gaps and most likely she is serving her guests. She's waiting on them. But simply though, 
She is serving others. She is a deaconess. And for us today, we're invited to ponder what it looks like for us to serve others. Mark 10.45, we see that Jesus understood his service as an act of sacrifice. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. A Jesus-shaped life is a life shaped by service and sacrifice. And our nameless mother here, she sets an example for us. Spiritually, we were once confined by the old nature. We were bound by the wages and cages of sin, but we have healing in Jesus Christ. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus rebuked sin. He chopped down the penalty of sin once and for all. And the good news is, Jesus raises us up. Jesus raises us up. And today, we observe Peter's mother-in-law, our nameless mom in our story today. She, she, she is raised up and she begins to serve. So likewise, out of our healing, out of our redemption, we get to serve Jesus Christ by serving others. We get to serve. We get to love. Even if it costs us something. Even when it's not convenient. Even if what we bring to the table isn't the whole solution. We're invited to rise up and serve God by serving others. You know what? There's practical ways to respond and serve in your own life. I bet if you just took took a few minutes, like when we finish up here, just take a few minutes and actually just make a list and brain, brainstorm here. Like, like God has already given you a list of ser- service opportunities that are just naturally in your life. Okay. And, 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 and part of that list it's not really like addition. It's just, it, it just takes intentionality. Like you don't need to add these people to your life. You just have to be intentional with them. Like, like God has already given you a list of, of opportunities to serve in your everyday life. I bet you if you just take a few minutes and jot it down, you'll see, you'll see the people in your life. You'll see the opportunities to serve and love on people. We also have service opportunities in and around Plymouth Meeting Church, right? Um, Actually, we have a church cleanup day, Saturday, May 22, between 8 and 12 p.m., right? We have commissions and, and committees at church. You know, yes, this is on the institutional and organizational side of things, right? But um, we have service opportunities for your head, heart, and hands. And like Peter's mother-in-law, we might be fresh out of our healing, out of our redemption. But that's okay. God uses us. 
He uses the little things. He uses the ordinary things. So it's okay. Let your healing show. Let your redemption show. Rise up and serve. Rise up and serve. So that's our story for today. That's our message for today. But before we leave, though, before we leave our gathering, are you sick? Are you physically sick? How is your emotional tank this morning? We've been through a long pandemic. Is there anything that's been rearing its ugly head in your life? Do you need the church to pray in earnest, to to pray in urgency for you? Do you need the master's touch? What do you need Jesus to rebuke in your life? So PMC Beyond, um, this is where online church uh, gets, gets hard because uh, we just want to pray for you um, and, 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 and pray over your, your needs and, and stuff like that. And we are, we are, we're just, we're not doing it um, at the same time uh, because this is, for me right now, recording this, it's Wednesday, you're watching it on Sunday, so um, through the magic of online church, this is where we're at. But the thing is, it's uh, we're trusting in the Spirit to kind of bring all of this together. But church, how can we pray for you? Do you need healing? Do you need Jesus? Right? I want you to know you're not alone. Um, we have a community who, like, like we'll pray. We'll go and beg Jesus on your behalf. We want to pray for, for your illness, your sickness, whatever you're going through, so that you too can rise up and serve. Amen? Sounds good. We are here for you. We're praying for you. Let's just close in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, God, Holy Spirit, uh, <laughs> I just ask that, Lord, uh, for those who are really working through something right now, Um, in whatever arena of life it is. Maybe it is physical. Maybe it it has to do with money or relationships or emotions. God, maybe we're tired and stressed out. Maybe we're dealing with like a ball of anxiety. Lord, whatever whatever it is, God, um, we urgently uh, go to you, Jesus. Jesus, we request, we, we request Can you come here? Can you come close? Can you bring healing? Can you help Jesus? If if, uh, we, 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 we want healing and forgiveness, we want mending, we want to be made right in you. And we know so many things in our life are out of control, out of our control. And so we go to you, the one who holds the world in your hands. You hold the stars. You hold our hearts. We ask for healing. I pray for Plymouth Meeting Church and PMC beyond. Bring your wholeness, Lord. Bring your blessings. We love you, God. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.